0: Rewind of the Living Dead is brought to you by Germ Death Hand Sanitizer, the only hand sanitizer with 66.6% ethyl alcohol, killing 99.9% of germs. Germdeath.com is the place to get it. Visit them on Facebook and Instagram at Germdeath.com. Rewind of the Living Dead is also brought to you by ReanimatedRecords.com, your place for vinyl, DVDs, VHS, t-shirts, music, cool stuff. ReanimatedRecords.com has it. Fair warning, Rewind of the Living Dead is a review show, so spoilers are ahead.
1: It's difficult to remember the great George A. Romero as anything other than the father of the modern zombie movie and one of the best horror directors in the history of cinema. But after his breakout film Night of the Living Dead became a smash success, Romero found very little interest from audiences in his next two films. As he was preparing production on another feature-length film that would become The Crazies, Romero was approached by the Lutheran Society about directing an informational movie that would deal with the subject of society's terrible treatment of the elderly. Writer Walton Cook provided the script, one of the only times Romero wasn't the author of his own film and what he created was a 53-minute short called The Amusement Park. The idea was that Romero's finished product would serve as a public service announcement that would be shown in Lutheran community centers. Unfortunately, the Lutherans were so disturbed by Romero's vision for the film that they shelved the project and ultimately the movie fell into obscurity for more than 40 years. Finally unearthed thanks to Romero's wife, the film received a 4K restoration and now his so-called lost film has been made available again. In the latest episode of Rewind with the Living Dead, we're going to buy our tickets and hope to receive better treatment when we're in our golden years as we review the lost George Romero movie, The Amusement Park. Dead. I am Damon Martin. And I'm
0: Patrick Guerra.
1: And Patrick, this week we are uh, once again kind of in a special episode because we are doing a sort of new movie. It's not really new. It's from 1971, but new in the sense of never before seen by audiences. And it's kind of been the talk of the town with the horror community because it is one of the great auteurs of our industry. And that is the great George A. Romero And a movie he did uh, in the early 70s called The Amusement Park. And it finally was made available this week on Shudder. Hey, Shudder. Oh, hello, Shudder. And uh, we both had a chance to watch it. Now, I'll be honest, uh, I had never heard of this before. Maybe I was not a big enough George Romero fan, but I had never even heard this thing existed. And I will say... I am a pretty big George Romero fan. I I think of, you know, I lived in Pittsburgh for five years, so I I think I've told this story before. I used to go to all the sites of the dead movies. I've been to the the Evans City Cemetery where they filmed the opening in Night of the Living Dead. I, I used to shop regularly in the Monroeville Mall where they filmed Dawn of the Dead. I went to the Salt Mines where they filmed Day of the Dead. Uh, I am a massive George A. Romero fan. Uh, Night of the Living Dead has been well documented. It was one of the first horror films that I ever skulls, saw. Scared the crap out of me when I was like five years old uh, and love it to this day. Dawn of the Dead is your know, top five all time in terms of greatest horror movies ever. So I am a massive massive George A. Romero fan but I had never heard of this. Like I heard about When I finally heard about this Lost film coming soon, and it was going to be on Shudder, I was like, what? I've literally never heard of this.
0: Lost film, George A. Romero. Every horror fan perked up, like, boing! Like, oh my god. Like, there's a Lost George A. Romero film, and it's coming to Shudder, like. How great is this? It's like it's like a horror fans dream. And uh and for I was in the same boat. I think I heard about this a couple months back that it was coming. And um you know how I am, Damon. I, I don't I don't look ahead. I don't read. I just saw, you know, I saw the headline. That was all I needed to see. And I needed to know that it was coming. That was legitimate. I said, Okay, that I've seen enough. Then surprise me. Let's, you know, let's let's jump into it. I saw I think one one still frame from it that I could I like I couldn't really tell what was happening other than there was definitely an amusement park and that was about it. So I sit down, I turn it on, and the first thing you get is this it's like a like a public service announcement really quickly like this guy walks out and he starts talking about the plight of uh, the elderly in America. And I thought to myself, there it is. George A Romero will always put commentary in a film, but I thought it was strange that he was coming like like it was literally commentary, like right off the top, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is way different." I had no idea that what we were actually watching was a PSA for uh, for for the for the Lutheran uh, uh, Church in 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 Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, it was it was kind of bizarre because when it started, I was very I went in very much blind like you, and then I found out afterwards what it actually was. And the reason I went in blind is because I try to do that as much as I can with every film. I don't like to be colored by reviews or other people's opinions, uh, because I've had some films that you know I've had films that were pretty good films. Kind of ruined because I've had people tell me, "Oh my God, this is amazing! You got to watch it. It's the greatest thing ever." And then I yeah. watch it, and maybe it doesn't live up to that expectation. And suddenly, my my opinion of it's been colored by what someone else has said, or the other side when someone tells me something is god awful or terrible. Maybe I just never watch it, and so I try to avoid those kind of opinions or, or really information in general going into a movie because I like to form my own opinion. Uh, and that goes for, you know, we've, we've reviewed a lot of movies on this podcast that, you know, were considered quote unquote classics. And we've, ripped them to shreds. Uh, We've had other films that were considered classics that we've absolutely loved. Maniac comes to mind. That's a great one from there from 1980. Um, So I try to go in without knowing much about a film. Sometimes it's unavoidable, you know, a little bit, or you might find out that a certain person or people are fans of a film. I get that. So all I needed to hear for this one though, was George Romero. I mean, that's it. You don't need to tell me anything else. I don't care what else is attached to it. It's George Romero. I'm going to watch it. I mean, the guy is, Again, one of my all-time favorite horror directors made some of my all-time favorite films. You find something from his that has been unearthed and I'm going to watch it. Uh, so yeah, so anyway, so I, I didn't know anything about this going in. And so right away when I'm watching this and I see that weird I- introduction at the beginning, my first thought was, oh man, this is going to be really weird. They're going to be really abusing some old people in this yeah. movie. And I thought it was that. I thought that was the movie we were about to see. I had no idea at the time it was a PSA. Now maybe I should have. That's probably one bit of information I probably would have done better with knowing that it was a public service announcement. But but when I first started watching, I was like, oh, geez, like, what kind of horrible things are about to befall these elderly folks? Uh, (laughs) And then and then what and then again, this I mean, listen, George Romero's style and his his touch is all over this movie. I mean, you can absolutely see it. And a lot of the scenes are in this movie in the very opening when you see the, you know, the, the older guy, you know, sitting on a chair all beat up and bloody and he's kind of, you know, disheveled and he's, you know, he's just, he's kind of disoriented. And the other version of this same guy is like, you know, another guy comes in, he's just like, uh... He's talking to him, and it's it's a really weird opening. And immediately, I was like, "Am I watching David Lynch? Like, what's going on here? Like, why?" So it was really weird. And then as the film got going, and by the way, we generally speaking, we. We try to avoid spoiler territory early in the show. I think it's kind of unavoidable with this one, Pat. It's only a 53-minute film. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of unavoidable. Plus, I mean, technically the film is 40 years old. It's a 53-minute film. You can blow through it really quickly. Um, yeah. So I kind of feel it's safe like— safe to
0: say I think this whole episode is a spoiler. Like, yeah. Start to
1: it's, it's hard to avoid it with this because it's not it's not anything remotely being t- close to a traditional movie.
0: No, no, not at all. In fact, I, I, again, I hadn't read anything up on it, so I didn't know much about it. I actually wondered as I started to watch it, I go, is this maybe like George Romero's like very next film after Night of the Living Dead? Or did he shoot it like the same year and he just happened to shoot it in color? I I wasn't sure like what was what was going on because it was so different and so not not weird in a bad way, but it it almost had like a student filled vibe to it. And what I mean by that is it felt very experimental, just like da- Damon said it's a, there was a David Lynch vibe going on. I was like, man, this is very strange um and i and I also was really expecting horror to pop up now, and I say horror in the in the very like uh non subjective sense, like 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 a horror movie. I thought I thought a horror movie was coming, so I was waiting for like. Uh, you know, old people to start being, you know, basically put through a saw type movie or something like that. I was like, is that what's <laughs> happening, or is there going to be a crazy killer? And at one point, pretty early on, um, as 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 this elderly man is kind of walking through an amusement park that seems to be sort of normal, but but uh, you know, you can tell he's a, he's a bit lost and a bit. Um, Uh, confused and people can't really aren't really hearing him necessarily like you kind of get that vibe and you're like okay i get there's metaphorically i see what's going on but then out of nowhere there's a guy in a mask who kind of looks like death and you're like oh that's that must be the killer and so that that's where my (laughs) head was going and i was like oh when that guy's gonna pop up again but then it turns really the movie just turns into these These different vignettes, and George A. Romero again is a is a rather political filmmaker. Um, He has he has a point of view, and he he's gonna let you know about it. I think he's one of the few guys who can really get away with like hammering something over your head, but he does it well. Like he just he had this knack for going, I'm gonna tell you a very specific point of view, a very specific political opinion. And I'm going to, or sociopolitical in this case, uh, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to present it to you in a very direct way, but it's going to be so creative and interesting that you're going to be engaged. You're not just going, you're not, you're not being lectured to. So what he uses, he uses the amusement park as a metaphor for society at large. And this character um, who I believe is played by us oh, and I just hit the wrong, I just, I just Got rid of my IMDb, so I don't even have the names anymore. But this this main character, Lincoln
1: Lincoln Maisel, is his name, uh, or Maisel. Right, yes, yes. How, I'm not sure it's Maisel or Maisel, but Lincoln Maisel, we'll say.
0: Yeah, Lincoln. Uh, he's 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 going through this uh, amusement park, and the amusement park is a metaphor for society, and and Lincoln is a metaphor for all elderly people, and how society is mistreating the elderly, and it becomes sad because you go, wow, like some of this stuff you could, you, you know, especially the point of view stuff for me was the stuff that got me sad. Cause I go, George, it was very, very, uh, he, he, he really was able to, to put you in the shoes of this character and you felt lost and you felt confused and you felt, um, that the world was moving too fast around you and people weren't listening to you. You, you weren't being heard, you weren't being respected. And I was like, "Damn, like, okay, this is strange. This is not at all what I thought I was getting into, but I am thoroughly immersed in this message. And that is the genius of George A. Romero. When I went and started reading reviews after I watched it and everyone is heaping praise on it they weren't heaping praise on the filmmaking quality the filmmaking quality was actually rather student filmish it, it was it was not even on the level of the night of the living dead which was a, a in itself a, a lower budget you know uh, attempt at, at at filmmaking which is brilliant and unique and singular in in and of itself this didn't have any sort of cinematic feel to it it it, it felt very different very experimental it reminded me of stuff i did in film school like things i tried in film school um, You could see that it was a very low budget film, but that message came through and it was honestly gut wrenching.
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird because, you know, George Romero, you know, he has his own style of filmmaking. And this was, from my understanding, the only work for hire he ever did in his entire career where someone literally hired him to do something. And it was the Lutheran Society who basically said, we want you to do this. PSA and then, you know, not knowing what would result and what resulted was, you know, kind of a George Romero movie. I mean, it wasn't, you know, obviously full on horror by any stretch of the imagination, but it was, you know, some disturbing imagery and kind of really disturbing treatment of this of this poor old guy throughout this movie. And, uh, and so, you know, obviously they never released it and that's how it became his quote unquote lost movie is because, you know, they shelved it, never released it and basically said, well, we didn't get, what we, we didn't get quite what we wanted. And, and that was the end <laughs> I, of it. What did they
0: expect, Damon?
1: Well, I gotta know, like did the Lutheran society just not know who this guy was. I don't know. I mean, and listen, and, and listen to his credit at that point, you know, George Romero had only had two movies out, I think at this point, maybe three at that point, you know what I mean? So it wasn't like he was this prolific you know, Tarantino as filmmaker. And also this is the early seventies. It's not like, you know, word of mouth is that big at that point. I mean, obviously (laughs) they had to to know him for that, but they also, again, even back then, do you really know if someone's been kind of pigeonholed into a certain genre? You know, you know, him as a film director, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a, well, he's a good film director from your town. He's a good film director from Pittsburgh. And so the Pittsburgh (laughs) people hired him. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that's the way they were thinking. I'm just guessing, but I'm assuming that's the way they were thinking And what, what resulted was very much a a Romero looking film in, in a lot of regards, but it was also very experimental. I mean, again, there was a lot, like I said, I kind of joke about the David Lynch thing, but there was a bit of that. There was a bit of, you know, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was visually haunting in that way. And a lot, as you mentioned, a lot of vignettes kind of bouncing back and forth between, you know, this, this, this one following this one guy played by Lincoln Maisel as he goes through this amusement park and you see all the different ways that you know society treats the elderly different than everybody else and there's a scene where you know they're they're selling things to somebody to get tickets are selling things to this guy oh, to get money scene. there's that one and then there's this dinner scene which is that's more about like That's more about society in terms of rich versus poor, because there's Mm -hmm. an older gentleman, you know, who's probably about the same age as our lead character, who gets treated like a king, it's because he's rich. And so they treat him differently than they do the older guy who doesn't have money. Uh, So there's that tossed in there. There's a a scene at a bumper car where they treat it like a real car where there's an accident. Of course, everyone blames the old person. And uh, then there's a really bizarre freak show, which we'll talk about later that doesn't quite make (laughs) a lot of sense. But there's a lot of this going on. There's a lot of these different vignettes. And, And by the end of the movie... You get to this one scene where you you kind of feel like maybe this guy's getting a little bit of reprieve. He sees a little girl reading a book. Uh, she's reading the three little pigs on like a, on like a, uh, I don't know, like a, a bit of a picnic, I guess. And he goes over and he starts reading her the story and she's interested or whatever. And then like her mother just kind of like drags her away. doesn't really say anything. They just leave him there. And But yeah. it's also, it's not like it's his family or I guess that maybe that's the, maybe that's the metaphor. That was his family. I don't know. But, like, by that point, when it got to that point in the movie, it was sad. Like, I was like, God, like, like, I just, like, tomorrow, like, I want to go help an old lady across the street or something. I'm just like, geez, (laughs) this is, like, this was kind of depressing. And, again, I know this is a 2021 audience watching a film created in 1971 or whatever, but, like, I I thought it was highly effective. and, And they said it was disturbing, and that's why they couldn't release it. It is disturbing, but it's disturbing in, like, a sad way. Like, when it was over... I was, I was, I, it, it worked on me because I was like, damn, like that was really sad. Like it really worked on me. I got to imagine,
0: uh, the, the, the Lutheran, uh, coalition that kind of sat there's, there was probably like a, you know, a, a board, a board group that was like, well, we need to commission someone to do this PSA. Oh, that, uh, that lovely George A. Romero boy, uh, he's, uh, making quite the, quite the waves, uh, out there in Hollywood. Uh, maybe we hire him since he's here in town. Not knowing that when you bring George A. Romero in, he's not going to be subtle about his his social commentary, and he goes for it, and it's and like Damon says, it's sad because and I think it's sad because it hits close to home. It hits close so close to reality. There are certain things now at the time, there were things like they didn't have meals on wheels before that. So elderly people were like starving El- elderly people were eating like you know, trash sometimes they, you know, they couldn't, they didn't have uh, retirement funds and stuff like that. So they, they were, you know, they were incredibly destitute. Times have changed, but at that time things were dire for older people that did not have a lot of money. And he, he showed it like in a, in a stark way. So I think when those, when that Lutheran, uh, uh you know, board of directors took a look at it. They were like, oh my God, this is too heavy. Well, what do you expect? You hired George A. Romero. Like this guy can tell you the story. He's not going to pull a punch. He goes straight for the jugular. You mentioned that one vignette of, uh, of the elderly people. Uh, they were all selling clocks. I don't know if you noticed, but I think every person in that line was selling a clock and the guy would only give them five bucks for it. And, uh, they were like, oh, but this is a family heirloom. And he's like, hey, five bucks, five bucks, whatever you want. That, that very like, again, it kind of has a student film vibe to it. Like it's very like heavy on the metaphor, but the idea of not valuing the time and experience that the elderly have, that our elders have was so sad. I was like, God, like that's true. Even of me, like I don't abuse old people at all, but do I really value all the experience and time and, 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 uh, and things they have to offer in terms of their life experience and, excuse me that that stuff just really got to me i was like damn this this shit hits heavy it really really does hit it, i i just i don't know I, I was so depressed i called my mom the next day you know it was, it was late i wasn't gonna wake her up but i was like i just need to reach out to my elderly mother and
1: <laughs> make sure she's okay because oh, it, it makes you think it does it is it is very effective like i said and because okay, again, the, 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 I'm not gonna lie. Okay, let me let me just be completely honest with you. The first 25 minutes of the movie, I'm I, I texted Patrick as I'm watching it. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck am I watching? Like, what is this? I don't I don't know what it is I'm watching. And he said, "If you read up on it," I said, "No," and he said, "When you do, you'll understand." And I did at the end of the movie. I did. So this might be one of the rare times again where I'm sorry we're in spoiler territory where I would say, listening to us tell you about it, or reading about it, is probably a better version of going into the movie, you know, you probably yes. know you know the movie, you even might know what's coming, but at least you'll understand it, because I didn't, and, and I actually kind of regret that, I, I, I normally too. I normally prefer not to know anything going in, outside of like the actual you know, the name of the movie, the players in the movie that kind of stuff, uh, I, I tend not to, I tend to work better from like, you know, the unknown, and then kind of form my own opinion, but in this particular case I would say if you're gonna watch the amusement park listening to our show or reading a review or understanding what it actually was and what it was meant to be about uh, is is gonna make you appreciate it more. Now, am I gonna lie to you and say it's the greatest cinematic achievement since *Night of Living*? No, it's not that. It's definitely not that. It's it's a yeah. very raw, experimental film from very early. And I, I said 71, 73 is actually when it came out uh, or when it was filmed. Uh, it's a very raw, very experimental. You know, 53 minute. You know, PSA. I mean, I don't know a better way to say it. It's a PSA. It's a public service announcement, but it's a weird public service announcement. And yeah. uh, and it's the it might be the weirdest. It is. It is very. It is not full on. And you know. And if you don't know now, you know. And knowing's half the battle. It ain't GI Joe, okay. It ain't clubbing you over the head with that kind of stuff. It is definitely <laughs> weird. Uh, but it is effective. Like I said, when we get to when that got to the end of the movie. Uh, and, 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 this, this one character this Lincoln Mazel character gone through so much. I mean, he gotten beaten up by bikers. He got, you know, called a pedophile by one dude. He got, you know, he got, he, he basically got, you know, served a, a giant shit sandwich at a restaurant more or less. Uh, yeah. you know, he, he got, you know, he, he finally found a little solace in reading to this little girl and then they just kind of abandoned him and they're not mean about it. They just kind of ignore him and leave, which I assume is kind of the you know the assumption of like what happens when you put a you know a person in like a nursery a nursing home or something maybe I don't know like yeah. maybe that was the metaphor of that is like they just kind of left him they didn't say anything like it was kind of it was kind of creepy like they just left like they just ignored him and left and they just kind of left what like a family metaphor
0: like oh you know my 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 grandchildren and my children this is what they this is what they do to me you know like I want to be connected to the family but they just they don't see me and they yeah. just I'm left here alone
1: yeah that's kind of what I Was thinking like they they just kind of like because They just leave him they don't talk to him they don't say Goodbye they don't do it they just literally get up And leave as if he's non-existent and I understand That's the that's the pitch I assume that was what the, the point that Romero was trying to get across with that particular scene Which by the way was my favorite scene in the movie because that kind of leads into like the sadness and you just see the real torment on this poor guy's face. And then he goes Ah. back, he goes back into the room and you realize it's this never ending cycle. Like by the end of the movie, you realize the guy at the beginning of the movie who was sitting there kind of crying and just all, distraught and beat up and bloody and, and you know and you see like a new version come in and say don't you want to go outside he's like no nothing's outside for me he's like well I'm gonna go outside he gets all exuberant he's all excited goes out and it's in the amusement park and it's like this never ending cycle that was the message it's yeah. a never ending cycle of how we're abusing the elderly now as I said I sure as hell hope we don't really do this to people I mean trust me I understand there are there is definitely elder abuse out there I don't want to turn this into like that kind of a show uh, but I Understand that it's out there, but I was just watching this, and by the end of it, when we got to that end scene with the little girl and he's reading the story, and they just get up and leaving, and he's basically in tears. I'm just like, this is incredibly sad. Like, this is just really, really sad. Like, I like I said, I'm not joking. Like, tomorrow when I go out before I get to work, I'm gonna wanna like if I see like an elderly person like reaching for something on a shelf, I'm gonna be like, Can I get that for you, sir? Can I get that for you, ma'am? Because mm-hmm. it, it did, it made me feel bad. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I and I'm not, trust me, I'm I'm being I, I openly honest honest here i'm not mean to elderly people in any way shape or form and if anything i am actually actually am very helpful i try to be whatever i do you know whatever i can help an elderly person but man i'm gonna be going out of my way after to watch this movie <laughs>
0: It did. It made me just be more aware. And again, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I don't treat old people, uh, you know, poorly or anything like that. But like today I was at the store and it was a small little store where a line can develop very quickly. And this elderly woman and I were walking up to the door at the same time. I could have very easily walked in ahead of her. (laughs) I was like, nope. I'm going to open the door. And I said, let me get the door for you, ma'am. And I opened the door and let her in. And George A. Romero did that. (laughs) Now, normally I would open the door anyway for for, for someone, uh, uh, for an elderly person. But I I made extra point to say I'm OK. And by the way, uh, an elderly person looking at me. Uh, Damon knows what I look like. I'm not pleasant to look at. Uh, (laughs) Covered in tattoos, long hair. I've been compared to Charlie Manson at times. So, like, I can tell if, like, sometimes uh, elderly people get nervous around me. So uh, I was like, I need to be uh, even a little nicer um, because it's, you know, uh, it. This movie makes you realize that you sometimes you're not even intending to be uh, uh, abusive towards elderly people. Uh, But 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 you can be by being dismissive of them and very, very much in this film. uh, There are times where it's just it's just the fact that he's voiceless, like so much of the film, you can't even like his mouth is moving. And I don't I don't know if this is intentional or not. I don't know if it was because this was a a rougher print or something like that. But there were times where he'd be talking, but his voice didn't project and you couldn't hear him. And I felt like that was intentional. It seemed to be intentional to say, like, my voice has no power. Yeah. And and I was like, damn, like that's killing me. Like that metaphor is killing me because, you know, I just had my uh, my grandfather came over uh, my wife's grandfather. um, He's been my grandfather for many years now anyway, but he's about 96 years old. And and, you know, he can he's he moves a lot slower than the rest of us. He talks a lot slower than the rest of us. He's not listening to any podcasts at all. <laughs> you know, he just kind of he's a he's 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 slowing down as best he can. So, you you know, you realize like being the kind of guy I am like might be too much. It might be like overwhelming for somebody. It makes you a little bit more aware of how you're going to interact with an elderly person. Um, and and I, man, I mean, it it is a testament to how how visionary, how 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 much of an auteur George A Romero truly was because he just got commissioned a with a very low budget, you know he just did it for a paycheck but he he put his all into it his creativity his storytelling ability his 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 craft of metaphor into this fifty three minute. PSA that is truly haunting in, in, in a, in a much more emotional sense.
1: Yeah. It's, it's weird because when I kind of, when I finally did kind of figure out what was going on, I figured out on my own that this wasn't like, I I like, even with the announcement at the beginning where the guy is like, literally telling you what the film is going to be about, even then I was kind of like, okay, where's the, where's the hook? Like, where's the joke? Like, where's the, this is something, there's something else going on here. And as you mentioned, there is a there's a there is a Grim Reaper following this guy around. Every time you see him, you look around the corner. There's this Grim Reaper character. Uh, my favorite one was when he was on when when he's walking through the park, and you see the Grim Reaper on like the carousel. And yeah. I thought that was really striking imagery. So like that is like there's a Grim Reaper following this guy around at all times because you know the end is near for him. Uh, in in every way, shape or form, but like there were some of the ones who were kind of over the top and ridiculous where I'm like, there's a scene where a group of bikers beats up the old guy and they take his money, although he still has money when it's over, which is weird. But like, I'm just like, listen. I understand. I'm not saying that stuff doesn't happen. So I'm not ignoring like abuse. As I said, there's absolutely elder abuse going on out there, and it's horrific, and I get it. But like, that didn't really affect me as much, which is weird. People are probably like, dude, don't you care? No, I do care. But like, that's not as common. At least you don't see it on public. Trust me. If I saw like an, if I saw someone push an elderly person to the ground I would literally run over and beat the living shit out of them uh and for perspective I'm six foot three and like 275 pounds I'm a big dude uh so I'm not the guy you want to do that in front of uh but what I'm saying is is like that's not common you don't generally see that you might see like someone like you said walk in front of a door in front of an elderly person you're kind of like you're kind of thinking to yourself like dick like open the door like that you know what I mean like that so the scenes that really got me are the ones that were just like ignoring it and that was the ones that hit me because I was like damn like that is harsh like when you think about just ignoring like I said I think about like a nursing home or I think about like the elderly who you know they don't get to know their grandkids or their great grandkids and things like that because they're you know you don't think about them as uh, uh, just a wealth of knowledge, uh, just a, a huge, you know, a, a important part of a family in terms of just experience and understanding and all these kind of things. They've been through so much, they've seen so much, man. You should soak all that in, soak all that information in because they're not going to be around forever. Uh, but in that regard like that was those were the scenes that hit me the hardest because I was like man like because that does happen I've seen that happen I've I've been witness to that uh, that was the stuff that really hit me not the overtly like we're going to go beat up an elderly person stuff yeah. because that I understand it happens I'm not ignoring that it happens but I'm saying like that's not as commonplace at least in like you know you might behind closed doors does it happen in, in some horrific nursing care center absolutely but again it's not something you see every day uh in front of you you know so this is pretty blatant i understand that's what he was doing i understand he's making it kind of overtly blatant but the stuff about the just kind of like ignoring and just kind of like just just looking through this guy man that's the stuff that really hit me um and like i said by the end without knowing what it was that it was literally a paid psa uh which again as i'm saying now as we're talking spoilers you should absolutely know that going in because knowing that going in um it's going to give you a different perspective and, and you're not going to ju- I was judging as a horror film. I was thinking, I was this, I was thinking, I was thinking this is a George Romero horror film. Uh, I had no idea. So like when it got into it, that's when I texted Patrick when I was watching it. I was like, what the fuck is this? Uh, and then, like I said, by the end, I figured it out. I figured out all the different allegory. I figured out all the different metaphors he was working with. I figured out what he was doing. And when they, when the, when the guy comes back, when Lincoln Mazel comes back at the end and tells you, kind of like closing the film I realized I was like oh this is a flat out public service announcement like that's what it is and then when I read about it and you know he was hired and all that kind of stuff I was like okay now it all makes sense and again for people listening who have read up on the amusement park, you're probably thinking, Damon, you're a jackass because it's been everywhere. But I've avoided it for that reason. I yeah. wanted to go in fresh. I was, I'm was i a big George Romero fan, so I was like, I want to see this new movie. When I saw, by the way, when I looked on Shudder, hey, Shudder, uh, when I looked on Shudder and saw it was only 53 minutes long, I was like, what the hell? 53 minutes? I was like, that's weird. Right. Uh, immediately, that should have clicked in my head to like say, what is this? But again, I didn't know. So like I said, it's better for you to know going in. It's a PSA. It's better for you to know going in. This was a paid project. That being said, there is still a lot of George Romero all over this movie. It is haunting. It is sad. uh, It is effective. And again, I understand back in 73, maybe this was not the film the Lutheran Society had in mind. (laughs) Uh, But that being said... You know, if you made a modern version of this and put it out as like a a statement against elder abuse, it would work, man, because by the end of the movie, I was like, God, this is depressing.
0: You know, it's uh, I think the, the Lutheran society and I understand, you know, that's it's kind of actually my great my grandfather, who was who was here, the 95 year old, he's a Lutheran minister. Uh, th- they're a certain type of way, you know, they're they're rather buttoned up. They're rather con- conservatively, you know, uh, just just kind of middle of the road people don't like upsetting the, the 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 Apple cart too much. So you know, I can understand why they were jarred by it, but it was a mistake not to release this. yeah, and it and it it could have made the kind of waves that would have affected change a little faster. That's how effective of a movie it is. Uh, you should definitely go into this movie knowing that a church, paid George A. Romero to do a PSA. Like, that should be the appeal for yeah. you to go in and watch this movie because he fucking... I mean, he, he's George he's George A. Romero and he gives you George A. Romero in a PSA, which it, that actually makes me excited. If somebody would tell me, this is a George A. Romero PSA about uh, elderly that a, that a church paid for, and I was like, oh, fuck, I can't <laughs> wait to see that. And it, and it would have had a different effect on me, so please understand that going in. Um, yeah, I mean... I, I don't know man I don't know It re- Like by the time I was done with
1: it I was like "Yeah, George A. Romero Is a fucking genius Like yeah. he really is It was It was sad man And like I said Again Everything I'm telling you, everything we're telling you in this podcast in terms of the scenes you're going to see and and the fact that it's a PSA, all this kind of all the spoilers we're giving you doesn't ruin it. By any stretch, this is one of the no. weird ones where I would say it doesn't matter that you're knowing it. You still need to see it because so much of this movie is visual. It's it's a vi- there's a lot I mean there's very little dialogue. I mean, very, there's, there's yeah. like 10 lines maybe in the entire freaking 53-minute movie. Uh you know what I mean? So uh, you know there's none of that. You have to see the story to understand the story. And so I could literally describe it to you from the first scene to the last right now and it still wouldn't ruin it for you because you still need to go watch it. If you're any kind of George Romero fan or or you're just a you're just a you know if you know him, if you know his films and you're a fan of his films, uh go watch it because you can see his fingerprints all over this movie. Um so yeah, it's 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 really well done. And, uh, and, and, and like I said, it's a, it's a haunting, it's a sad, it's a sad movie. And like I said, I understand maybe in 1973, why they didn't release it. But at that point, like for me personally, like now that I know what it is, I was like, damn, this is really sad and truly effective. So, uh, with that being said, Patrick, we do got, we do have some categories to talk about with this movie. We did, even though it's not a straight up horror film, it's a full on PSA. We did still come up with some categories because again, this is still a George Romero project. So. With that being said, let's get into our first category. We don't really have best performance tonight because the film really centers around one guy. Uh, Lincoln Maisel uh, did a fantastic job in this movie, which, by the way, I looked him up. He just passed away in 2009, uh, which I know sounds like a long time ago, 12 years ago. But he was 106 years old, man. He made Whoa. it. 106. Wow, Lincoln, sh- he, he, he really leaned into the role. He did, he did. And he actually made one <laughs> other appearance. He actually appeared in uh, in George Romero's vampire film, Martin. Uh, he That's actually right. appeared in that a few years later. That was his only other film role. He was actually a, a stage like theater actor. Yeah, he comes across like a stage actor for sure. He yeah. has kind of
0: got a stage actor vibe.
1: Yeah, so Lincoln Mazel definitely gets the credit for that one. And, and man, 106 years old, man, he was, wow. he was, he was kicking ass. Uh, so with that being said, let's get into our first category. And that's okay. So let me, let me, let me give this away. So this, is a, this is a category where only Patrick's going to have a pick because he did, when he, when he sent it to me, it didn't make sense. When I watched the movie, it made sense. I couldn't come up with a good answer for my own, but his was so good. I could not bring this up because it's so true. So uh, here's the category and then I'll just hand it over to Patrick. Uh, best appearance by a reoccurring, not recurring. <laughs> you'll see <laughs> extra. So please explain.
0: So well, the reason, and I was being a bit of a smart ass, because again, about the first half of the movie, I didn't understand what I was watching, but what I could understand was it was very low budget, and he was using the same extras over and over and over and over again to 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 play like the amusement park was packed with people. I, like I get it, and I've been there. I've been in a situation, I shot a music video once where it, it had to look like the club was popping and it's I'm literally just moving the same 15 people around everywhere we went to shoot and just shoving them into the scene to make it look like it's busy. But they're wearing the exact same clothes the whole time. They never change outfits. So you get that in this in this in this uh, in this film. It's just the same people keep walking by in the background, and it was it was distracting. And at one point, there was this, my pick for best appearance by a reoccurring extra was this one girl who would have to walk across the background to show like there's people walking through the thing. Well, she walked, but she didn't leave frame enough. <laughs> she walked to the edge of the frame and then turned around and walked back. <laughs> and which is, you know, she's trying to look It's she's trying to make it look like a crowd is walking by, but she kind of gives away what her job is by stopping and turning and then walking back the other way. And I was like, whoops. Hey, you know, what are you going to do? You know, it, it was a low budget film. George is trying to keep the lights on. I, I don't blame him, but I, I had to give it to the girl who doesn't leave the frame before reentering it.
1: Yeah, it was pretty funny. I caught that. And when I saw when I saw the category. Ahead of time, I caught that and had a good laugh at it. But then I never really, I never really saw another great occurrence of that. Although it does occur a lot in the uh, movie, it happens a lot. Yeah, but, <laughs> but like it wasn't, it wasn't as blatant as that one, which was really funny. Because uh, <laughs> when you pointed out, I was like, "What is he talking about?" Then it happens like, "Oh, she just totally just turned around and walked back." <laughs> 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 and listen, I've been there. That's the
0: thing. That's why I said it had a student film film vibe to me because I was like, "Damn, I remember being in." In a film school, like trying to make uh, something happen with very little resources. And I would do things like that, it totally makes sense.
1: Yeah. So this is the next category is my favorite category. I got to be honest, uh, because the one you picked and the one I picked, I think we're just so spot on. Uh, so this category is called best student film moment. Now, when you watch the amusement park, and if you haven't watched it, uh, you'll understand this does look very much like a student film. There's a lot of heavy handed uh, moments in this film to film to feel like a student film. And I think that goes into the whole PSA aspect. Again, if you don't know it's a PSA, it might seem a little weird to you. But once you know it's a PSA, you know it's a public service announcement, you'll see and understand why there is kind of some heavy-handed student film effects in here from Romero. So, uh, Patrick, what was your best student film moment in this movie?
0: Um, One of the many vignettes was uh, our man Lincoln uh, is is encircled by a, a gang of vicious bikers and they're you know they're you know damon and i love our bikers right so there's a biker scene in this movie (laughs) for some reason so they encircle him which is strange enough you know like i'm like why would they do they just pick out this one guy uh and then and then like there's this thing where they then they start like then out of nowhere they go from encircling him to standing by their bikes like a really bad edit and then and they're standing by their bikes and then there's like these these like stop motion scenes where they get closer and closer to him. It's it's the it's like it's like George was like, what kind of in camera effects can we do? Who cares what they mean or matter? Let's just try them. Very student filmy, and yeah. it really it had me rolling.
1: The one the the best was the 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 stop motion because when it happened, I was like, oh my <laughs> god! Like literally, the bikers are all just kind of standing there, and then like one flash, and it's another frame, and they're closer. Another frame, and they're closer, but they're still standing still. You, they're not moving. <laughs> So it's like, oh my! That was like so. Like I was just like, that is full on student film. That's when you start. That's that's when you're making a movie and you're thinking, I'm gonna get arty with this shit. And, yeah. uh, and that's what results is you have three bikers standing there, not moving yet. They're getting closer because you're moving the frames. Uh, very, very student film-esque. I will say, I, I will agree with you there. So my favorite film, my favorite and best uh, student film moment came later in the film. And I know Patrick's going to crack up when I talk about this. Cause I know exactly what it is. So I was looking throughout the movie for best student film moment. When I saw the biker scene, I was like, okay, I get it. I, I totally see that. I kept watching the movie, and I was like, there's a lot of little things, but nothing was, like, you know, clubbing me over the head, right? Nothing was really getting me. Then we got to the final, like, ten minutes, and the scene I talked about with the the, the elderly guy reading uh, the, the Three Little Pigs story to the little girl, and she hands him a piece of fried chicken, and he's eating the fried, I don't know if he ever actually eats the fried chicken, he just holds on to the fried chicken the little girl and her mom just get up and abandon him, just leave him take the book and just walk away without saying goodbye Don't basically don't acknowledge him and he gets up and he's very sad and he kind of looks at the piece of chicken and he sets it down on the, on the concrete and he gets up to leave and the camera zooms in on this piece of chicken and it's just like the chicken <laughs> the chicken is in focus everything else is out of focus and it just stays on this piece of chicken for like 10 <laughs> seconds and it was like this is so student film like this is so what you do like we're gonna focus on this chicken <laughs> yeah so-
0: man it's like a metaphor man
1: <laughs> it was it's like so an uncomfortably disturbing. it was an uncomfortably long shot on just a piece of half-eaten chicken <laughs> that's just it was it, there were
0: just these weird little moments and they're, they're sprinkled like they but sometimes they stuck out like sore thumbs and i think damon and i nailed the big ones <laughs>
1: was, <I> was, <laughs> as soon as it happened i was like oh my god like it literally just froze framed on the, it was like a freeze frame on the chicken
0: and the only like, way that would have been better would have been stop motion with with like it being eaten invisibly you know like yeah. like a, a chunk bitten <laughs> out of it and then another chunk and then another chunk
1: it was just like this piece of chicken was just sitting on there Friend is just like we're gonna freeze frame on this piece of chicken, and I was just like, "Good Lord, that was that was the one that was the one that got me the, the most." Was like, for the uh, for the
0: fast food industrial complex, man, yeah,
1: the colonel's really pissed off about that scene. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, all right, best metaphor moment. As we said, this is this entire film is a lot of vignettes about all the different ways the elderly are mistreated or full on abused. Uh, every little vignette, kind of, you know, there's some. Uh, there was one at the beginning. This is not either of our pick, but just to kind of put this in perspective. There's a scene at the beginning where the guy wants to go get on a ride at the amusement park, and there's, like, all these rules. Like, you can't be... This you can't be that you can't have all these elements like basically it's this it's saying elderly people can't ride this ride without flat out saying if you're old you can't ride this ride so it's like all these different rules and then obviously they don't let them on the ride and they keep turning older people away uh, and that's kind of the metaphor it's like there's you know, all you once you get to that age you, there's just certain things you're not allowed to do they won't they won't even let you not a, set up they will you? not they will not even allow you to try it even though you probably could do it they just they won't even allow you to try it so that was the. That that was a metaphor so patrick what was your favorite best metaphor moment in this movie i actually said it earlier um with
0: <clears throat> the one about them selling uh their time for five bucks the guy wouldn't give him any more than that um since i since i treaded over that earlier and not valuing um, the experience of elders i'm gonna pause i'm gonna let damon go Damon if yours doesn't match I have another I have another metaphor.
1: Well mine is the one I, I mentioned earlier and, I, and it really does It's the one where the elderly guy who stops to sit and read the book, To the little girl, he's reading her the three little pigs, and her mom is there, and the mom is just kind of ignoring him the entire time. The little girl is paying attention to him, and I think that's kind of like, when I was a little kid, man, I used to love being around my grandparents. My grandparents were the best. I loved being around my grandma and grandpa when I was a kid, but as you get older, you do, uh, sadly, we kind of lose interest in that. We're not as enamored by our elders, you know, by by our grandparents, and things like that. Now, you still love them, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying people stop loving their grandparents, but it's a different relationship. It's almost like, you know, again, you're a kid, and you're just enamored with your grandparents. It's a, it's a natural bonding kind of thing. Uh, and so like the little girl is like, you know, she's listening very attentively to him, read this story and she's kind of enthralled by it, but then she kind of like, kind of a little bit loses interest. And then the mother just kind of like packs up their day and leaves. And literally the sad part is like when he's still reading, he's she like grabs the book out of his hand and they just leave him there and yeah. he's just kind of like saddened by and that's the one that really hit me man i was like god that's so sad like because that's the kind of stuff that really hit me like that's just totally ignoring him like just a full-on family ignoring their elder and i know that again it's very heavy-handed in that regard it doesn't take a lot to figure out what they were saying i don't think that i don't think it really takes a lot to figure out any of these honestly what no, they're saying for the most part once you once you know it's a psa obviously uh but yeah like that scene man that hit me really hard like that was just really sad and that's where he kind of broke down at the end of the movie that's where the elderly guy uh played by lincoln mazel just kind of breaks down in that moment because like it's just like even in the even in a, in a very brief moment of happiness that's taken away from him uh and that's just really and again they're not cruel to him they're not mean to him they just like literally say they don't say anything they just yeah, they don't and leave. say anything they just abandon him, and that's just of. sad like that was just sad so that was my favorite one and that's the one that really hit me the hardest yeah, another one that
0: really got me and I was just like so bummed out. So and it was very cleverly done, it's why it stuck out to me was uh, there's a vignette where, you know, and now when you go to an amusement park or a carnival or a fair, there's like kind of a there's there's the row where there's like games and like step right up and and or like let me guess your weight things like that. and these are all kind of in a in a regular amusement park fair setting they're really set up to just get some money out of you like they have a trick to get your money that's that's really what it is or the game is rigged in a way that makes it very hard for you to win so you, it's unlikely and the job is just to collect your money and it works like a charm. They do that in this film, but they what they're doing is they're grifting old people for their money. And that one really got to me. Because I was like, that is happening to this day. Again, some of these problems have been rectified just by better infrastructure, better, better systems that are put in place to help out the elderly. Some of this stuff was solved. Some of this stuff doesn't apply to today as much. But that one, to this day, is still a problem. You still get robocalls saying, you know, your Social Security has been compromised or you get an email or something like that. And they're targeting elderly people. And that's what this team is. It's uh, it's all these grifters kind of, you know, oh, step right up here, come in here, uh, sign this paper away, da, da, da. And, and before they know, it, they're kind of being whisked around. And all these grifters are taking them for their money and, and signing, getting them to sign away their mortgages and or, or double their mortgages. And I go, damn, like I know this happens to people and it's still happening to people. It's so Effective and 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 the metaphor I thought Was very clever and matched really well To what's happening in real
1: life Yeah it did and that one one worked really well as well Like I said there's a couple of them that do work really well And like I said they do kind of it's haunting and kind of sad, like I said. How about you know, the they, couple
0: who looks into the future? I won't get into it here. I'll, I'll save something for the viewers. But that, that couple that has to look into their future, that's – yeah, that one's distressing.
1: That's a rough one too. Yeah, there's a couple that goes to a fortune teller, and she's like, I'll tell your future, but you have to know your entire future. And they're like, okay. Yeah. And then by the end, they're looking like eyes wide open, jaws on the floor, like, oh, Jesus. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, dire. Very, 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 again, very heavy handed, but very effective. Um, yeah. All right. Let's talk about uh, again. We're, we're, we're heaping a lot of praise in this movie, but let's not sit here and <laughs> pretend there wasn't some weird moments in this movie as well. So the most confusing <laughs> metaphor. So, Patrick, what was the most confusing uh, vignette, let's say, in this scene? Uh, I would say my most confusing metaphor was the freak show scene. Now, any
0: good carnival or fair has a freak show, right? So step right up, folks, and see the bearded lady. That's kind of the whole, the the, the rub here. So our man Lincoln sits down with a crowd of mixed people. There's some elderly people in the crowd. There's some adults. There's some kids. And then they open the curtain, and the first one is just two elderly people, like an elderly couple. And they open another one, and it's another elderly couple. And they open another one, and it's another elderly couple. And I was like, okay, so he's saying that the elderly are freaks – to society at large. But the thing that started to confuse me is, like, the, the all the younger people in the crowd were getting, like, really angry. <laughs> and, like, they started, like, throwing shit at the stage and they were, like, mad. And I was, like, are they mad because they're not freaks or are they mad because they think the old people are freaks and they hate them is there like a weird vitriol for the for the, for the elderly i did i could i could not understand exactly what he was trying to put down in that scene because the the level of anger and vitriol coming from the crowd did not make sense for what was happening
1: yeah it was really odd it was really weird in that scene because when they started pulling back the curtains and you see the elderly couples come out you're like okay and the crowds like getting into like a frenzy and I'm just yeah. like okay I like okay I like a lot of these scenes made sense but this is the one where I'm like okay a lot of this is about abusing the elderly and about ignoring the elderly when they need us and this one was like, literally, they're just standing there and mocking them. And I'm like, I don't know that we really do that. I, I mean, I'm sure it happens. I'm not saying it doesn't, but right. it's just like, it was weird. Like, I don't generally see like a group of people get around a group of elderly people and like mock them and throw shit at them. I don't just, that was the one, that was one of the ones where I was like, oh, all right, that's I, I guess. <laughs> uh, and that kind of leads me to mine. My, my most confusing one was there's a scene where uh this guy goes up to a booth and he gets two big bags of groceries which i still don't understand fully what that was about uh but he goes back and he gets these groceries he sits down on the bench and he grabs some peanut butter and some crackers he's eating peanut butter and crackers there's this group of kids in front of him and he's like he waves at him like hey come over i'll give you some peanut butter and crackers it's like these kids come over like get some peanut butter and crackers this one dude coming off a ride like looks at him he's like hey you old bastard get away from them kids you like more yeah. or less like calling him a pedophile and i, I think was like, i think he called him a pervert I yeah pervert, a, yeah, called, pervert yeah, get you old, away from her yo pervert and i'm thinking to myself okay listen i'm listen i'm not discounting the the tragedy of of you know child abuse and things like that that go on i understand there's absolutely that so again i'm not discounting that but do we automatically assume that an older guy is like a pedophile like that just seemed really odd to me yeah. like That was really weird. Like, trust me, I would be. Okay, here's an example. When you see this movie, the guy who cut, and I'm sorry, whoever this guy is, he's still out there and he's listening to our show. I would be more wary of that guy yeah, than that I would be guy the older like guy. Like that, <laughs> that guy. That guy looked like the guy I'd be worried about being around a group of kids, not the older guy. Like, that's all I was getting at. Like, I was just kind of oh, like, uh, this is... that guy was offering
0: peanut butter, I'd be like, police! Stop <laughs> man. <command."> like, <laughs> like there was, there would be nothing natural about yeah. that guy offering her peanut yeah, butter. Yeah, but like, Nice, older man, dressed in a suit, you know, looks kind of like Colonel Sanders. Like, he's just being nice and just offered, literally just offering peanut butter. And the reaction was, so
1: severe yeah like i'm not saying there aren't creepy people like that i understand there fully are but it was just like he he didn't give off a creepy vibe and again i understand we kind of been been with him the whole movie but then the the dude's just like hey pervert and i was just like the dude calling you a pervert looks more like a pervert like that's the guy if i saw him handing out children i would handing out stuff to children i'd be like get away children run 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 (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if
0: if I was handing peanut butter to kids and someone
1: said yeah. "Stop that pervert," I'd be
0: like, "Yeah, I get it. Look, I'm not doing anything, but I understand what you're doing." Yeah, your like,
1: brain I get, I get what you're coming. From. Like the dude, yeah, he, the dude, the dude who said it looked more like a pervert than the old guys. <laughs> I, what I was getting, dude at was so. sketchier than the bike than the stop motion bikers. Yeah, the stop motion bikers were as creepy as that dude coming off that ride, be <laughs> like, "You pervert." So that one, that one that that would definitely got me. Uh. All right. but, oh, I want to do one last category. Oh, and it's, it's
0: un, but it, it applies to both of us. Biggest lesson learned, Damon. I think you know where I'm going with this. Maybe every now and then I should read up on a movie ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> that's my biggest lesson learned on this one, because I was like, if I, and I'm telling you, I'm telling everyone this listening right now, like you, you didn't get spoiled by hearing so much of this film ahead of time. It's good to know the film contextually. You need to know it.
1: You got to you know do. it. You do. I mean, listen, I, I would actually recommend P and obviously I hope people listen to our show regardless, but I You generally speaking, when we talk about new movies, we've been doing kind of like a half and half show. First half of the show, we just talk about the movie without giving away spoilers. Then we get into spoilers we get into our categories. This one, I would literally say like, we're now about 50 minutes into our podcast. I would say in our podcast at this point is basically the same length as the movie. I would still say, listen to what we're telling you before going in to watch it, because none of what we're telling you is going to ruin it. I promise you that. Uh, but understanding what you're watching, helps like there's a lot of times like i i've been on the show like i'm a david lynch fan now, i you know i love twin peaks one of my all-time favorite things and i've enjoyed other lynch films like blue velvet's one of my favorite movies uh but the first time I watched a lot of like I watched Lost Highway when it came out and I was like, what in the fuck is this? Like what did I just watch? Like I have no idea what this is about. And then, you know, years go by, I, I you know, get real more I get really interested in film, I start reading, I start understanding, I start, you know, understanding David Lynch films in general. And then I go back and I'll watch I'm like, oh man, this is this is this is great. I really enjoy this. Uh sometimes it's not a bad thing to know what you're going into, I guess is what I'm getting at. Oh, no, absolutely.
0: I, I wish I had known I was getting into this. Uh, it, it's highly experimental and it is a PSA. So not only is it experimental, it's also a PSA. So if you didn't know you were watching a PSA, you'd be like, ah, oh, God, like what? What is this? Why are people... Why is anyone into this? Like, it makes no sense. You got to know that it's a PSA. You really have to know that. Yeah, you do. You do.
1: All right. Our last category, uh, and it's a weird one because, again, we we fully talked about how this is a PSA. It's not intended to be a horror movie, but it still works. That being said, Patrick, is it scary? So this is our final category each and every week here on the show. Patrick, the amusement park. Is it scary?
0: You know what? It is scary because... Let's face it, you know, if I'm lucky enough, I will become an elderly person in my in my lifetime. And I I go, there's I don't know if there's any getting around this. Uh, Some of the core pieces of this, of the of the of the storytelling of this film, there is going to be a time in my life where things move too fast for me, where I can't keep up with society, where society has sort of pushed me to the side because society is ever moving forward and progressing, and they're not necessarily considering elderly people. If I am lucky enough to become an elderly person, some of this is going to apply to me, and that ultimately is terrifying. It's really more sad than anything else, and and you do kind of come away with it, and hopefully you come away with it going, I need to do some things, I need to do better for elderly people. but. You realize like, oh, wow, like there's there is going to be a time where I just can't keep up with society. And that is scary.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, is it scary in the traditional sense of a horror film? Of course not. It's not that kind of film. It's not intended to be that kind of film. It's a PSA. Is it scary and actually make you realize, make you think about things? Absolutely. As I said, first thing I thought about was, man, like I just feel bad. Like I don't mistreat elderly people. I don't ignore them. I don't not help them. If I see an elderly person in need, I will absolutely step up and do whatever I can for them. A lot of times, I'm in stores and I'm the tall person, so like I see uh, an elderly person reaching for a shelf and I'll run over and like, can I grab that for you? Like that kind of thing. Like I I try to do those kind of things, consciously doing those kind of things. So I'm not that way, but still watching this. woke you up to like man like it does happen i'm sure it happens I know it happens, and, uh, and, and you know, pay attention to that kind of stuff. But, yeah, that's the other side of it, man. You think about it, like, you know, down the road, like, I'm not I'm not 20 years old anymore. I'm going to reach this part of my life at some point in the future. And while I certainly hope to be an 80-year-old guy being able to star in Indiana Jones movies like Harrison Ford is about to do, <laughs> uh, I don't know that that's going to be where I'm at when I'm 80, or you're 80, or anyone's 80. So, yeah, watching this is kind of like, damn, like, it made me, like, when I saw that, I was like, God, I don't want to get old. I was like, this yeah. Like, this is really depressing. So, yeah, like, in that regard, it's scary, man. Like, it will either wake you up to realize you don't treat elderly people the right way, or it will wake you up to say, fuck, I don't want to get old.
0: (laughs) And I I will tell you this. It scared the shit out of a bunch of Lutherans in a
1: a boardroom back in the (laughs) 1970s to the point
0: that they shelved it in a vault for
1: 40 years. Yeah, they're like, here's your paycheck, Mr. Romero. Put this thing away. Don't let anyone see it. <laughs> no one shall ever see this. <laughs> yeah, like if all oh, and they're they're just like ah, oh, here's your paycheck. Here's your, or, put this away. Put it away. <laughs> I thought he was just gonna do like a video of a of a
0: kid being nice to an old man in a park.
1: Yeah. What was, the hell is this? <laughs> what is this? Why? What are these stop motion bikers? <laughs> what, why does he zoom in on the fried chicken? <laughs> the fried chicken <laughs>
0: stared into my soul. Uh,
1: yeah. So, uh, if you're a Romero fan, though, I would say watch this. I mean, listen. I, I I'm a Romero fanboy from a long time ago. I have. Uh, just a, a just a, a, a true admiration for everything he's ever done. Uh, are some films is better than others? Absolutely. Are some films not great? Absolutely. That's. I mean, listen. I mean, dude, yeah, there's one filmmaker I've watched every film he's ever made, and I've loved every film he's ever made, and that's my favorite director. That's Quentin Tarantino. Outside of that, every other director, actor, whatever it is, I've seen at least one thing from them where I'm kind of like. Eh know uh so Romero wasn't genius all the time but I will say for this weird PSA the shelled Lutheran Society PSA is <laughs> uh, interesting there's definitely a lot of fingerprints from Romero on this film and if you're a fan of his or at least interested in his movies I would say it's worth your time it's 53 minutes you're in and out the door and if you know what you're going into and obviously we're literally telling you it is a PSA, uh, then I think you can enjoy it and and, and get something out of it.
0: Absolutely. If you're, if you're a George A. Romero completist, it's, it's vital that you watch it. And, um, but if, but if you're just a in general, uh, a, a fan of, of proper storytelling, which is odd to say because it is very experimental I can't think of a movie that's this heavy handed that gets the message across so clearly and so effectively as uh, the amusement park does.
1: Absolutely. All right, folks, that's our show for this week. Want to say a big thank you to each and every one of you that tunes in and listens and subscribes to rewind of the living dead Uh, if you do want to subscribe to the podcast you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify uh, amazon music stitcher and you can always find us over on my website nerdcore movement.com if you ever have questions comments movies you want us to review uh questions about the show in general please do not hesitate to hit us up on twitter you can follow me at damon martin and you are at director patrick and we're gonna get you verified because this man he deserves to be verified uh (laughs) a big thank you again for everyone tuning in we will see you next week for another edition of rewind of the living dead thanks for tuning in we'll see you then peace